Good morning. Wow, what an introduction, right? Talk about trying to make somebody nervous. And then with my men's group, they're all like, we're, gonna, we're all going to be in the front row. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, y'all are great. <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm glad Lucas said that it was my first sermon because I was going to say that, and I didn't know if I was supposed to or not. So I'm glad that he went ahead and said that. Um, but it's not my first time up here. Uh, I actually gave my testimony, I think it was uh, like two Christmases ago. And uh, that was a great experience. Um, I was able to share what God has done uh, in me, and I'm just thankful for everything he has done. Um, and that was great, but the, the difference between a five-minute testimony and a 40-minute sermon, the biggest difference is the microphone. You wouldn't think that, but it is. Like, five-minute testimony, you get the mic stand, you get the mic in your face, you go ahead and you give your message. But during the sermon, you get the headset microphone. That's a big, I don't know about y'all, but that's a big deal. I grew up, I grew up in the boy band era, all right? So I'm talking Backstreet, NSYNC, I mean, you know them all, right? So, like, if at any minute I just break out in song and dance, like, just don't mind. It's, it's a long time coming, all right, y'all? There you go. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, just as a little introduction, uh, my name is Billy. Billy Cummings. Uh, people call me Billy Cummings. <laughs> so if you got that reference, it's going to be helpful here in a little bit. Um, I'm the father of two beautiful little girls. I got Abigail Page right here. She's nine. And then Adeline Joe is five. Uh, she's back there in the, the kids group. Um, so father of two and the husband of one very lucky lady. If I may say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> It's quite the opposite. So we have, uh, we have kind of a comeback love story. So we dated in high school, and uh, we split up for, I think it was like four years. She tells the story a little differently um, since I was the one that broke her heart. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, we split up. It was like four years, and then uh, got back together, as love would have it. Uh, we dated for a year or so, engaged, and now we just celebrated back in June our 10-year anniversary. So that's great. And she's no doubt the one that God made for me. There's no doubt in my mind on that one. So uh, I'm a member here at Coastal. Um, I serve here with the uh, Usher team. Um, I've been here for about four years. About that same time is whenever I gave my life to Christ. And ever since doing so, I've just said yes to him. So more so recently, um, just whatever he puts on my heart to do, just, just yes, God, yes. So even whenever I doubt myself, I don't doubt what God wants to use me for. So a lot of time that, that doubt is heavy. Um, but God, thankfully, has given me uh, a superpower, if you will, to get over that doubt. And that's just an unwavering trust in him. So thankful for that. Um, but you might say, okay, Billy, you, you get up there on stage, you're doing all these things. What if you fail? Like, you've never done this. You're the most introverted person I know. So what if you fail? But I look at it this way. If I fail, I fail because I'm glorifying the name of God. And if I fail glorifying his name, that means that I'm doing something to glorify his name. So I'm honestly, I'm not here to 
succeed at anything. Just, Lord, if I glorify your name, that's enough. So that's the, uh, the first and most important reason I'm up here today, just to glorify the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, he's done a work in me that y'all wouldn't believe. Um, I'll share a little bit of it. I shared it my testimony. But I'm just thankful to be used in any way that he sees fit. So my hope is that uh, somebody just says, like, I don't remember that dude's name who was up there. Don't remember. But God, like, if you can do that in him, like, what can you do in me? So that's my hope for today. Another reason I'm up here is to speak to those who don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Um, like, like I said, I've been there. I've done that. I got the T-shirt and part of my language, but it sucks. Like, I lived the first 28 years of my life not knowing Christ. So I know the emptiness that comes with not knowing him. I know the confusion of life, just not knowing the way. Um, and I know the fear of death and the unknown. So I shared this story uh, in my testimony. And really with the, uh, the fear part is back in high school is whenever I was like the, the furthest from God. And I didn't share this with a lot of people. Actually, I didn't share it until my testimony. Is the fact that like I was just your normal guy going to high school, normal kid, you know. Um, people wouldn't really see anything wrong with me. Uh, but it was what was happening inside of me. And I would go home, and I would try to go to sleep. I'd lie in bed. It would be dark. And I would just sob. I would cry myself to sleep, trembling in fear of death. And that was just a stronghold that the enemy had on me. So I, whenever I say that I know what it's like to be that far from God, I, I truly do. And if you haven't ever been that far from God, I just invite you to just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've always been there in my life. Um, just so thankful for it. But on the flip side, I can also say the same thing. I can say, thank you, God. Thank you that I have been there. Um, because now that I have been there, like, I know I'm never going back. Like, Sorry. And lastly, I want to speak to those who uh, have come to church for quite some time, but you might be struggling uh, in your relationship with Christ. Um, maybe you're just kind of going through the motions, but you just don't feel the presence of God in your life. Just, God, where are you? So there's a gift that God has given us that if we exercise it, it's impossible to not feel his presence in our life. If we do it on a regular basis and whenever we lose focus, just refocus again and again and again on this one gift that he has given us. And that gift is love. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and open up in prayer. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day, God. Uh, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I want to thank you for using me to bring forth your word. God, I just ask that my words be your words, Lord. Father God, I just hope that uh, you speak to the hearts of your people this morning, Lord, um, that we take this word with us uh, throughout the week and we use it um, however you see fit, God. So, Holy Spirit, I just say come and have your way in this place. Touch hearts and change lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So what is love? Love is something that we can feel, right? We can feel love. So you know uh, if you have your spouse or your mom or somebody, you can feel how much they love you. Or if you're a parent, you can look into the eyes of one of your children and you can just feel the love that you have for them. So we can see love as well, right? If you just take one look at that one couple, whenever they're getting married or whatever it is, you can see the love that they have for each other. So one of the uh, arguing points that I used to use whenever I would debate the existence of God, whether he exists or he doesn't, is that you can't see God. Like, show me God. Where is he? Can you point him out? And another one is that you can't feel him. So let me ask you this. Can you touch love? Have you ever touched the physical being of love? You haven't. Same thing with seeing love. You can't really see the physical being of love. But it exists, right? So what if I told you the same is true with God? You can see him, but you can't see him. And you can feel him, but you can't feel him. One of my favorite things to do, like I said, I'm an usher here, so we kind of tend the corners during service, uh, during worship. And one of my favorite things to do is just to look around. If you look around, you can just see God move throughout the sanctuary here. And you can just see him in and through his people. You know, hands are up, tears are flowing, and you can just see God in their lives. And whenever it comes to feeling the presence of God, like, I can't handle it. Personally, I just, I start sobbing immediately. Like, God, I am not worthy of your presence in my life. And I'll just start crying. So, and sometimes it happens in the least of convenient times. Uh, so, like I said, my wife and I just uh, celebrated 10 years. So, we go to New York, and we're on the flight. And I'm sitting next to the window. Um, I'm one of these guys who I have to have the window seat. Like, I, I'm 33 years old. It's 2022, and I'm just still infatuated with the fact that we can fly through the air. Like, it's just amazing <laughs> to me. So, I, every time I've flown, I, I want the... I want the window seat. So we're just flying, cruising, whatever. We're looking out the window, or I'm looking out the window, and uh, just the presence of God just hits me, and I'm just looking out over his creation and just thinking of how big he is, and I'm just like, man, this is the God that loves me. He created all this, and just bam, in that moment, presence of God, and I just, I start. And it's flight attendants like, sir, do you want something to drink? And I'm like, <laughs> one second. One second, and my wife's asking me, like, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you, what are you doing over there? And I'm just, like, hit, turning my head, just trying to, like, I can't even tell you what's wrong with me because if I start talking, man, it's just going to be waterworks. <laughs> so that's how it is with the, the presence of God, uh, for me anyway. So you can see him, but you can't see him. You can feel him, but you can't feel him. So if you agree with that, you might say, okay, well, then God is like love, right? It's kind of the same thing, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God, or yeah, the Bible says that God is love. So I want to start uh, in 1 John chapter 4. Then I forgot to say this part. Uh, if you're taking notes, that's where we're going to start, is in 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to move to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
Uh, we're going to be in uh, verse 1 to 7, and then we're going to finish up in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. All right, so 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So a little bit further down, verse 16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And I got my notes all messed up here. Okay, so God is love. We live in God. God lives in us. It kind of seems a little confusing at first, right? But it's really not. If we want more love in our lives, we need more God. If we want more God in our lives, we need more love. And that's kind of what we're going to get into uh, here in just a moment. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the importance of love. So we're taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, that love, or yeah, the greatest gift from God is love. And we are commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said this, This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally as important. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And we're also taught to let love be your highest goal. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. So just in these three passages, we're taught that love is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Love is the greatest commandment that you could ever follow. And love is the highest goal that you could ever strive for. So this is how God used his apostle Paul to teach us the importance of love. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So Paul's saying here, it doesn't matter what he does. If he doesn't love others, he will be nothing, and he will have gained nothing. So the same is true for us. I could know this book front to back, back to front, inside out. I could know every character of every story. I could have memory verses falling out of my ears. But if I don't love others, then I will be nothing. 
So have you ever done this? Have you ever felt like this before? Like, God, I just did all of this stuff. You could be the biggest giver there ever was. You could write the biggest checks. You could serve on serve day. You can go out and do this thing. But after doing all these things, have you ever, ever just like felt like, God, I just, I did all this stuff and I just feel nothing. Like, what was all that about? But if I don't love others, I would have gained nothing. Okay, so who is others? Whenever we talk about loving others. So you mean like my friends and family? Like, absolutely. Like, love them. That's, that's the easy one, right? So you might be like, okay, okay, I, kn- I know where you're going with this. I'm supposed to love my enemies, right? And we are. We are supposed to love our enemies. Uh, but if we're being honest, that can be really difficult to love your enemies. You know, they, they hurt you. They burned you. It's just really difficult, and if we're being honest, a lot of us, we're just, we're just not there. So what about this one? What about that one person who, like, just, you, like, I don't know. It's just that one person. I don't hate them. They're not my enemy, but, man, they just, like, really get to me. Like, there's just something about it. I don't know. They look at me weird. Like, they just give me a bad vibe. Whatever the case is, like, I know I'm a Christian, and I'm not supposed to not like people, but there's just something about that one person. So I would say start with that person. Love that person. Um, so for me, it was, uh, it was a jealousy thing. So there was this guy, uh, or still this guy, in, in my life that uh, I just jealous jealous of him. So he didn't do anything to me personally. It's just uh, something within my life. I just had some jealousy toward this person. And uh, it was pretty strong. And I'm like in the prime of my like walk with Christ. And I'm just like, man, everything else is good. But then like this one guy, like whenever I get around him, I just like, or I hear his name or whatever it was. I mean, it was keeping me up at night sometimes. Like it was like that kind of jealousy. So I finally get to the point where I'm like, okay, obviously this is of the enemy. Like, I got I to gotta take this to God. So take it to God. I'm like, Lord, like, how do I give you victory over this? Like, it's, it's getting me right now, and I know I'm letting the enemy win. So how do I let you win? Like, and God says, love him. And that was hard to hear. I'm like, God, why would you have to say that? Like, anything else? Like, I gotta love this guy? So, I was like, all right, Lord, I'm gonna love him. And it wasn't easy, y'all. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that. Like, it, it takes not just that one time of doing it. It's over and over and over. Like, you got, you do it a little bit, and then you're like, I don't know. Because you're putting yourself out there. You're, you might be hurting your ego, or you're putting yourself out there like that. It could happen. And so, like I said, just putting my trust in God, just saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to love him. And the feeling of jealousy, and it wasn't really hate. I can't really say hate. That's a strong word. But whatever that feeling was that I had toward that guy, after I did this and I did all these things, my wife was in on it like she knew what was going on. And I had all the opportunities to avoid this guy. And uh, she asked me, she's like, this one opportunity, she's like, so, no, are we just not going? Like, you not want to go? And I'm like, no, no, I have to. 
have to go. So we went, and that was just one of the big steps, a couple additional steps, started praying for him. And uh, now it's to the point to where instead of whenever I see that guy, I feel that jealousy or whatever it is, like now I look at him and I see two things, really. The first thing is just the victory, victory for Christ over whatever the enemy was trying to do in me. So now I look at him and I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. And another thing is that he reminds me of the power of love. So I look at him and I'm just like, man, what I had in me, I replaced it with love. And now every time I look at him, I'm just like, thank you, Lord. So I'd invite you to try it. So whoever that person is, if you just thought of somebody in your mind or whatever situation is, like start with that person. If you want the presence in your life, just start with them. Just love them. And I'm not like, I don't mean like an okay, like maybe they're a good person. Like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Like no, like love them. Love them like you love your children. Love them. Pray for them. Pray for nothing but good things for them. So it takes some real change. Like I was saying, like it's day after day. It's it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And one of the big things about that is just letting your guard down. You can't fully love somebody if your guard is up. Uh, you can't really expect to have an abundance of God in you if you don't have an abundance of love in you. Because God is love. We just went over that. And he is in us and we are in him. So the further you are from God, the further you're going to be from love. So now I want to talk about putting some action to that. So how do we love? So we go back to our text. Chapter 13, verse 4. So this is how we love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So you have that person in mind, whoever it is, use this as kind of a checklist. So as you're thinking about this person and you're praying for them and you're asking, all right, God, how do I need to be with this person? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. All right, love is patient and kind. So I need to be patient and kind to this person. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. All right, God, is there any jealousy in me toward this person? Boastful, proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. So if that person did wrong you, squash the record, clean slate, say, all right, I'm starting right now. Love never gives up. So once you start that process, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So I want to um, go back to verse two real quick. And it says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, 
And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. So I want to... Um, I want to share with you uh, how I got this message from God. Because this, uh, this is where God really spoke to me. Because um, I struggle with submitting to or uh, accepting any kind of authoritative position um, within, the, within the church or anything, really. Uh, so you look at people, I look at people like uh, Pastor Lucas, um, Pastor Jim, Joe, uh, even the guys in my men's group, I just look at them and I'm like, man, they, they just have all this knowledge and they have all this experience. And I just feel like I'm the least of all these guys. Like, but God, you called me to lead the men's group. So you called me to lead the usher team. Now, God, you've called me to deliver a message for you. So I'm lying in bed one night, and I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about Pastor Lucas. I'm thinking about the great communicator he is, and I'm thinking about Tim and Jim and Joe and Michael, and I'm thinking about this lineup of guys that I'm following. I'm just like, what am I thinking? Like, why, why am I doing this? It's like I'm, I don't have a fraction of the knowledge or experience. Like, God, there's so many other people throughout the church who. Or is better suited for this than I am. So I'm sitting there, I'm struggling with that, I'm talking to God, and you know how every time you're struggling with something, God puts Forrest Gump in your head? <laughs> is it just me? Okay, that's, that's just me. Okay, cool. Gotcha. No, but that's what happens. So I'm lying there, and God just hits me with this one line from Forrest Gump, and if you're not familiar with Forrest Gump, I just want to welcome you to planet Earth. Um, I hope that you like the weather here. It's nice. No, so Forrest Gump, it's a, it's a movie it was made, I think, like 1994, starring Tom Hanks. It's a great movie, so it takes you through the life of Forrest Gump. So it starts through uh, childhood, through adulthood, and he's just this amazing guy, and he has a hand in all this amazing stuff. And uh, there's one common factor about Forrest. Uh, throughout the movie, and that's just that he's not a very intelligent person. He's not smart. In fact, people call him stupid. And uh, so that's something that he's he's dealt with all his life, and his mama says, stupid is, stupid does. If you know Forrest Gump, you know that one. Um, so there's this uh, girl that he grew up with named Jenna. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> watch the movie. He didn't get that. Jenna, Jenna. But uh, so he grows up with Jenny, and uh, he loves Jenny, and obviously she doesn't love him back because he's not intellectually there, or whatever the case is. Um, but there's this one scene in the movie, um, it's toward the end, they've gone through all this stuff, and uh, Forrest works up the courage to propose to Jenny. So he wants to marry her. So he throws it out there, and she's dancing around it. She doesn't want to say no, but she's dancing around the question. And uh, this is the line that God put on my heart. Said, he says to Jenny, I know that I might not be a smart man, but I do know what love is. And I thank God for that. 
because I may not know this book front to back, back to front. Um, I've not gone to college. I've not gone to seminary. But I do know what love is. So have you ever been there? Have you ever had that feeling that, that you're not enough or you don't do enough? So God is saying through that that not only is God enough, but it's the most important part of the whole equation, if you will. That if you just get this one thing right, and that's really all that matters. So can I get the worship team to come back up? So I may not know many things, but I can stand firm on what I do know love, what I do know, and what I do know is what love is. Love is a father who gave his only begotten son so that he who believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Love is a savior who died a sinner's death so that we can have eternal life with him. Love is a God who, despite defiling his name whenever I was younger, he chose me. He took my heart of stone. He gave me a tender, responsive heart. He revealed himself to me. He filled me with his Holy Spirit. And now he's using me to glorify his name, just as he promised he would do. So I don't have to be a biblical scholar to have an intimate, personal relationship with Christ. And he wants us to seek those things. He wants us to seek the spiritual gifts. He wants me to seek the communication skills of Pastor Lucas. He wants me to seek the knowledge and experience of uh, Pastor Tim and Joe and Jim and these guys. But he's saying not without this. Because if we seek it without love, we seek it without God. Because God is love. So whatever it is, whenever it is, use that gift that he gave us. Whenever, if it's your first time, just giving your life to Christ and you just don't know where to start. Like, God, I am yours and you are mine, but where do I start? Start with love. If you just feel distant from God, like we were just talking about, just love others. And if you just feel like we were talking that whoever you are or whatever you do is just not enough, know this, that there's nothing that you can do to earn God's love. God loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord.
also want to share this quote that I found this morning. Charles Spurgeon, he said this, my evidence that I am saved does not lie in the fact that I preach or that I do this or that. All my hope lies in this, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners and I am a sinner and I trust him. Then he came to save me and I am saved. So this is the part of service that uh, it's known as an altar call. This is an opportunity to give your life to Christ. So it's not about me. It's not about Coastal Church, people you came with. If you don't know Christ, this is an opportunity to give your life to him. So we're going to go ahead and pray together. And while we're praying, if that's you, if you don't know Christ, I just invite you to just search your heart while we're praying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word today, Lord. And I give you praise, honor, and all of the glory for this message. God, your love is not measurable. It surpasses anything that we could ever imagine. I thank you that your love is everlasting. And I ask that this message reaches the right person, Lord. That they take what they have learned today and put it into action in their lives, God. For their good and for your glory, Lord. And God, I say, start with me, Lord. Search me and show me how I can love like you love, God. Lord, I ask if there is anybody in here who heard this message, who doesn't know you, that you give them the courage today to trust in you, Lord. been softening their heart, God. I just ask that you give them that courage today, Lord. And if that's you, and you're in here today, don't miss this opportunity. If you're ready to give your life to Christ today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance of sin and acceptance of Jesus. So while everyone still has their head bowed and their eyes closed, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and I'll lead you in that prayer. Is there anybody today who hasn't given their life to Christ? All right. I'll go ahead and uh, pray this prayer if y'all will pray it with me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, I ask that you cleanse me of my sins. And create in me a new heart. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And that you were raised from the dead. Giving me eternal life. Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I am yours. And you are mine. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.